Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different grape varieties, the different regions, and the history and culture of wine. The fifth and final episode of my interviews with Dini Seagravenitas on Greek wine. I managed to get this far without mentioning Retsina, so that shows how uh, far Greek wine has come. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I've knocked Retsina in the past, but I've had some some good versions of it quite recently. So, you know, I think it has its place. It's just that when, when Greece really started opening up to tourism um, in the 60s and the 70s, that's pretty much what you were drinking as a tourist in the seaside cafes. And so Greece became synonymous with Retina, which um, probably is unfortunate um, and maybe held Greeks back a little bit. But I think we're pretty well past that at this point. I will say just though from a historical context, it's important to note that, you know, all wine in antiquity was infused uh, because there was no way of making a wine and and keeping it from oxidizing. So the lifespan of a particular wine was actually quite short. You couldn't bottle it and maybe you could put it in a flora and seal it with some wax. But generally wine was consumed rather quickly within several months. And even within that span, the wine was oxidizing. So you infused it with a great many things, herbs, honey, uh, rose petals, in the case with Retina, uh, pine resin from the Aleppo pine tree, which is indigenous to the area. From a historical context, I think it's wonderful because you have a wine that has survived, you know, the, uh, the peaks and doldrums of history and made it uh, to us, which is probably closer to the wine that, you know, ancient Georgians or, you know, peoples of the Caucasus or Greece or Italy, you know, were drinking. Uh, and so it's a, it's a kind of vestige in a way. And I, I appreciate it for that. And there are good versions of it as well. I think the problem with Retina by and large was that well, the varietal content, Retina is just a style of wine. It's a resonated wine. There's no, you know, you can use any white grape to make Retina. And typically the white grape that was used was the most commonplace white grape called the Roditis, uh, which is also a, a Greek grape. And the Roditis has a, a clone called Roditis Alepu, which is a, a worthy clone to make worthy wines. The vast majority of Roditis is just Planck. And so you had a not very good still base wine that then you were, uh, and, and who knows, maybe they were harvesting at a 150 or 200 hectoliters per hectare. So it was kind of watery, if you will. And then you were hitting it uh, at best with a dollop of pine resin, but at worst, when we got into real commercial Pratina winemaking, chemical additives meant to impart the taste of pine resin. So not real pine resin to begin with. And so probably, you know, that, that stuff tasted as good as it sounds, which is to say not very good at all. But if you're using other varietals like Sauvatiano or Sirtico, which people are using more and more to make Retinas, you're, you're actually giving the wine a fighting chance because there's more, there's more meat on the bone to the wine to not resist, but rather incorporate the pine resin and have the pine resin be an element of the wine rather than be this just overbearing thing that, you know, tastes like you're drinking Lysol. So um, there's been a lot of movement in quality retinas, and um, I think good. I, I don't. I don't suspect that they'll make it. 
you know, for rest, uh, like kind of a, a generalized restaurant use and say French and, and American restaurants here in the United States. But I think quality Greek restaurants should have quality Greek cuisine for, for you to try if, if you're dining there. Fantastic. Well, that kind of summarizes the, um, the narrative in Greek wine, everything's getting better, even Fretzina, as an emphasis on quality rather than high volume commercial wine. And I think that does uh, a lot of good for the reputation of Greek wine and of Greece in general. So um, thank you for joining me, Denise. That's been absolutely fantastic. And I think I've learned a lot about Greek wine and I hope the listener has too. My pleasure, really. Thank you for, for having me on. So that concludes this series on Greek wine, five different episodes, giving an overview and an in-depth um, explanation of what's going on in Greece right now. It's an exciting country whose wines are improving and becoming more varied and versatile too. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink. Thank you.